are listening to the Cock and Bull Podcast. This is a weekly history podcast where my older brother and I uh, talk about a true story with unbelievable characters. Now, Nathan, now, whenever you don't say it's a comedy history podcast, that always makes me worried. Now, the, this guy, Spencer's going Spencer's to do a bummer on us, I have a feeling. I would never. I would never make someone's day sad. That's, that's patently untrue. It's, it's almost all you do to me here. Let's pinch and zoom our maps to England. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. Home of the bad names, as we established in the Agatha Christie episode. In the fall of 1896, a woman named Dorothy Lawrence was born. Okay. Her parents were unknown, uh, perhaps because she was an illegitimate child, abandoned as such. Okay, all right. Little orphan Annie. Uh, But if we're just speculating, I mean, it could be like, it could be for any reason. Maybe she was like a Terminator baby and she just like teleported to 1896. Or or maybe they both died of the lupus or the typhoid, as, as you do in the 1890s. She could have been, I don't know, smuggled from, like, window to window, and then they, like, dropped her halfway, and a stork carried her. I just assume one third... I just assume one in three babies born at this time in England were just abducted by chimney sweeps on, like, weird <laughs> dance tropes. And just, away! I assumed it was when you were gardening for radishes, every odd pull could potentially be an infant someone has left behind. Oh, that's a mandrake. That, it's a mandrake child is what you're talking about. But yes. Yeah, no. Yes. And that's how I assumed the English were born. That is actually a good point. Screeching from the dirt. Yeah, if you look at him, that that would actually explain a lot of things. She was adopted by a guardian of the Church of England, which sounds celestial, but I think it was just a That absolutely sounds like some weird Knights Templar, but for the wishy-washy Church of England. And she grew up to be a journalist by her late teens. What? They let ladies do journalism at this time? That's cool. Well, aspiring. She certainly wanted to be. She had a hard time, though. It's a man's world. Uh, well, yes, as we just established in the last episode. As we've just established as in, we Wonder, just Woman established in Wonder Woman's weird bondage fantasy episode. She had articles published in the Times. I mean, she was getting them done. She was that's, mostly working on freelance. That's by definition, she's a journalist. That's good. Okay, all right. And when the First World War broke out, uh, she really wanted to cover it. Why? Just, just what, had she seen anything that was happening, that was, that was literally hell. Now here's the thing, almost every young person in England seemed to think that World War One was going to be a really fun camping trip. Like that. Oh, no, 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 Okay, so I guess at the beginning, I could see, okay, I understand, yes, before all of the, you know, oh god, let's come up with a whole branch of philosophy around whether life is worth living anymore because we just did this to each other. Exactly. Exactly. When it first started, everyone was really into it. It was like a trip to Six Flags with guns. They did call it the Great War. Yeah, it's going to be great. That seems that seems wildly optimistic. So she sent in letter after letter to publishers begging them uh, to give her a gig covering the Western Front, and she was rejected. Yep. She went to France in 1915, just on her own, and tried uh, to enlist yeah. as a volunteer in the civilian detachment, and she was also rejected there. What? <laughs> Okay, if you get rejected as a volunteer during World War I, that World War One was just the meat grinder of humanity. Like you couldn't pump enough flesh into that hellscape. How do you? How are you rejecting anybody at that point? Uh, if they got two titties and a lady vagina, they're not allowed. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but shit. I mean, she can a meat shield run across that no man's land. Let's go. I guess it is no man's land, not no lady's land. This is. This is a weird. I think there's a Lord of the Rings reference in there somewhere, but I hate that shit, so I couldn't get I couldn't get there if I wanted to. I hate it every time. Every time you remind me of your bad opinions. 
and it's always on mic on this show. And well, so, I mean, yeah. so let's so, have a talk. Uh, really. And so, already in France, she decided to enter the war zone outright. Just marched her ass into a global conflict so she could tell the nearest soldier, I'm one of you now. I, I, is she gonna is is she gonna do like a she's the man but for World War One like is she gonna dress up like a like why why are you doing this? Well, more specifically, she thought she could get a gig as a freelance war correspondent if she just got close enough that nobody would send her home. Uh, I mean, at a certain point, yeah. I mean, if you're in a, like if you just magically appear in the trench, I don't think anyone's gonna tell you to go pack it. Like at this point. Well, she was arrested two miles short of the front lines in Sini. Do you guys not have anything better to do? There are krauts at the doorstep! <laughs> and the Rich- Kaiser is a-coming! Why are we worried about arresting the lady? Mm-mm-mm-mm. This one with a vagina is trying to come to war. No, 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 no. It's just I need at least so five men. I need at least five manpower devoted to getting her ass back home. This is just ridiculous. Like, how is there even, like, this must be real early in the war. Like, this has got to be, like, 1913 or 1914. Like, there is no way. And so, returned to square one and ordered to go home. Uh, She instead spent the night sleeping in a haystack somewhere in the woods, uh, wondering what her next move was going to be. Go home! That's your next move! So she returned to Paris. Of course she did. Of course she did. And in a cafe, she befriended two English soldiers. Uh, what? Okay, it, guys, 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 all you've told me about now is that everyone was excited. Now you got English soldiers in the cafe. I was led to believe there was some war going on. Uh, what y'all doing? <laughs> well, they're on break. They're on smoke break. I don't think you took five. I don't think there was a Union 5 in the trenches. Mm, these were. Th- this was an exceptionally well-reviewed trench. This was the one you wanted to work for. Apparently. So... Uh, with their help, she secured a spare uniform that just barely uh, fit her. She's gonna, she's gonna, she's the man this. I'm, I'm getting too good at predicting these as they go. God damn it. You really are. And so she, she gets the outfit piece by piece, actually, slowly, and with the help of eight other guys. What? What? How many pieces of the outfit are there? What the fuck? Is it a, is have it a you three-piece seen suit? What is Eng- have you seen an English gentleman? Have you seen I, how many layers not, they wear? Dig, it's not Digby, for the love of God. It's not, it's not King of the Dudes time. I, mean, I got it's, news it's for you, war. man. I got news. They hadn't they hadn't endured a world war yet, so they had money to make sure everyone was spiffy. <laughs> this was they weren't like in the they weren't in the red coats. There were some pith helmets going on, I believe, at the time. So ten dudes in total are smuggling these khaki uniform pieces piece by piece with their laundry. They're like when they're doing the washes, they're pulling an extra piece and getting it out to her. I'm just uh, imagining like the great escape theme so just do do why god damn it this group of 10 men were known as the khaki accomplices okay now the fact that they had to be known as anything for getting her an outfit worries me i'm worried this is my worried voice she then began practicing transforming herself into a male soldier Okay, now you say that like she's an animorph. This is uh, how does how does she, she how does she do that? If she doesn't change back by midnight, she's gonna be a man forever. Tobias, Apparently, no. I don't think it was a midnight thing. I think it was like you had to be like two hours or something like that. You had a something time like that. Something. Tobias was a hawk man forever. Tobias That's was a hawk boy. Tobias was a hawk boy. Yeah. And so she flattened her figure with a homemade corset. Mm-hmm. As yep, we know, yep. those are healthy to wear. Those are that's healthy to wear a lot do. all day. 
I've seen I've seen Shakespeare in Love. I, I know how this works. And she used uh, sacking and cotton wool to bulk out her shoulders. And she persuaded two Scottish military policemen to cut her long brown hair into a short military style. She needed two guys to yes. get a haircut. Yes. <laughs> That's now now. So that brings our total to twelve dudes trying to <laughs> smuggle this girl in. Twelve this men. Have twelve parlay. guys. Just so bored, had nothing better to do than smuggle this lady in, G.I. Jane style. She darkened her complexion with Condi's fluid, and that's capitalized. Why is that necessary? Like I'm supposed to know what that... Also, yes, why? Why? Everybody everybody was fair. You're trying to blend in with the English army. They're notoriously pale people. It was a disinfectant. Condi's fluid is apparently a disinfectant made from potassium permaganate. I'm just gonna imagine. I'm just gonna imagine she put shoe polish on herself and she did a really bad blackface. <laughs> huh? As opposed to a really good black. Permagnate. Really? Really? Now you come in. You light a pop tart on fire, and then you come in with the big words. You're a you're a you're, a, you're a enigma, Brittany. An enigma. <laughs> Razored the pale skin of her cheeks in the hope of giving herself a shaving rash to look more masculine. So she just fucking goes at it with a razor, like ah, this no. is gonna. Heath Ledger jokers her face nothing, up. This is yes, what men nothing look like. Says, bu- nothing says butch like razor burn, that's for sure. And finally, she added a shoe polish tan. There it is! There it is! <laughs> it really does sound oh. like blackface when you say it's, it like that. I was about to say, she is. this is, this is full-on Al Jolson, and I don't like any of it. Finally, she asked her soldier friends to teach her how to drill and march. Do they not have anything better to do they're on break (laughs) this is a long break unless they montaged this this is a very long break it is quite a long break now i'm I'm picturing all of this to cindy lopper's girls just want to have fun is that if it is a montage that's what i'm hearing i wish it wasn't but no that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is wearing a blanket coat and no underwear lest soldiers discover her abandoned petticoats uh she obtained forged papers Mm-hmm. As Private Dennis Smith of the 1st Battalion. You couldn't even come up with a creative name. You just, you had to go, oh, fuck all this. Leicestershire Regiment. Just want to make it apparent that I know how to pronounce words. Well, <laughs> then she headed for the front on. lines. Targeting the British sector of the Somme, she set out by bicycle. Now. <laughs> <laughs> of course she did. Bring, bring to the front lines. Yeah. I'm going to see what this crowd business is about. I imagine there's a basket on the front. <laughs> on her way. Well, she brought her dog Toto, of course. I mean, how she else? Must, is she? she must have. On her way towards Albert, some, excuse me, on her way towards Albert, uh, she met Lancashire coal miner and tunnel digging sapper named Tom Dunn. Pop, 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 back, back, back up. Tunnel, yeah. tun- tunnel digging. What now? Uh, he was a tunnel digging sapper, I believe. Sapper, yeah. Sapper, okay, because that's not what I heard. Oh, um, okay, all right. No, I get that. So yeah, he he dug tunnels underground and then put explosive stuff to blow it up behind the lines, much like the much like the Goblin Boys did in that in that really bad movie that one time with the Lord of the Rings people. Eat I've shit. Seen that. I've seen that. So fearing for the safety of a lone woman amongst female companionship starved soldiers, uh, this this miner was like, listen. 
I don't want you sleeping out on the front lines. That is The fun. first person with good advice since the guys that tried to arrest her. So instead, he provided a much more reasonable solution, which was, you go out to the trenches, and every night, bike all the way back to my cottage, I have a secret mattress you can sleep on. I'm gonna go. I'm, no, I'm, Nathan, I'm, why? I'm, this sounds I'm, fine. I'm, Nathan, this is- No. I should this. note, the article made it very clear it was a damp mattress. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sure it was. It Why wasn't it a great secret mattress. It's a more, damp secret mattress. More importantly, again, let's establish something. So you're in the trenches on the front line. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you can just clock out from war and go home to your weird guy cottage? I was not aware that's how this worked. I did not think war was a nine to five. There's a lot of breaks. I think we've established there's quite a we many apparently- breaks. <laughs> And so, during her time on the front line, she returned there each night to sleep on a damp mattress, uh, fed with any rations that this guy and his colleagues could spare. And nobody noticed that the weird new guy who just weirdly, like, he's like the weird guy that can't poop in public. Like, he just disappears every <laughs> night and go, like, a guy, if y'all notice that Dennis, like, doesn't sleep in the trenches, is that weird to anybody else? He just, like, goes home at night. That's that's weird, right? Like, you're not supposed to do that. It, it really just brings to mind all of the other scenes that don't get shown in Mulan. You know, like... Yes! Oh, how have I... All right, all right, guys. All right, sorry. I This was a criminal. This was a criminal, the fact that I was... She's the man in this. Yes. All right. Every Mulan... Re- we have five minutes of uninterrupted Mulan references and go. Um, uh, girl uh, with fighting for. Uh, strong as the rate... Swift as the Great Typhoon, something, something, uh, Eddie Murphy. That one's really an addendum to what I just said, but it's fine. All right, that's That's, all of them. That's that's all of them. That's it. We did it. We did it. We got them. And so, and so, toll of the job uh, was exhausting on her. I mean, like, and constantly having to hide her true identity. She's Mrs. Doubt firing this in reverse the whole time. It's It's exhausting, right? It's just so bad. It's she just, was, and it may, and for what? What is getting accomplished? Well, she wants to see what it's like on the front line, so she can report it. Okay. Also, at this point, I think that was the original intent, and now she's just doing it out of spite because everyone has, <laughs> has stopped her. And she, is, she forgot a long time ago that there, there's no article. Like someone's gonna be like, oh, like you go back to the report, like, all right, what's the scoop? She's like, oh, yeah, that, um. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I kind of got caught up in the. Uh, have you ever? Have you ever tried to shave? It's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It gets you real bumpy, and then the shoe polish gets it, that burned. It didn't feel. Um, and there was the mattress. I was I was real worried about the mattress. So uh, yeah, yep, that's the story. The hard part is finding a chapter to condense all of my 18 dwarves that helped me out through this adventure. I mean, seriously, seriously. Like, the worst Snow White reboot in the history of time. Snow White and the 20 dudes who were really, really bored during war. Snow Blackface and the 12 (laughs) awful guys with no impulse control. The orphan who was raised in a church who wanted to go to war. So... So, I mean, she she quickly contracts the constant chills and rheumatism. Uh, A trench foot? Did she get trench foot? I don't think she got trench foot, but she did Scurvy? start suffering from lateral fainting fits. Uh, pardon up? Lateral fainting fits. Correct. That's up and that is that uh, that lateral is uh, uh, side to side. 
Did she, she fall down? Did she faint and fall down? Is that what I, that means? No, I think that means she was having standing fainting fits. That's not fainting. That's not how that works. That's just taking a nap. That's just a standing nap. And concerned that if she needed medical attention, uh, her true gender would be revealed and discovered and that these men who had befriended her uh, would suddenly be in danger. It's like, oh, God, if I get caught, well, fuck everybody. I mean, all of my lovely 20 dwarves are going to get caught. All 12, because they'll never believe just one person could have got me all five pieces of clothing required. No, they'll know it was a mass conspiracy. And so after 10 days of service, she presented herself to the commanding sergeant who promptly placed her under military arrest. As he, sh the only sane person in this story to this point. I want to make it clear, all of this work for 10 days. I, I mean, the fact, I would have made it about 12, I would have made it right up until the point that weird prospector Jim offered me to sleep on his wet soggy mattress, um, and then I'd have tapped out. That's, you know what, that's fair, I need, I needed to make that apparent, because that might have been your first thought, listener, but the fact that she got here in the first place is admirable enough. The fact that she uh -huh. kept going back and forth 10 days and didn't get caught on Ten that alone. Times. 20 trips, <laughs> and, and nothing was suspect. She's no. the master of disguise. So they shipped her over to BEF headquarters, British Expeditionary Forces, and a top brass colonel interrogated her for hours because he swore she was a spy. And honestly, can you blame who else? No. Why else would someone go to these? Le There's no. Uh, he was Occam's razor. Because her story is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It, his is the only one that makes sense. Now, they don't quite discern any details because obviously she's not giving. She's not admitting she's a spy because she's, she's not. So from there, she was taken cross country by horse to third army headquarters. <laughs> why do they have to have such bizarre, why are this the dumbest ways of transport? We're taking bicycles to the front line. We're going to cross country on a horse. What's happening? Where she was interrogated by six generals. That at once. seems exact. Why is nobody doing war? Why do these guys not have bigger fish to fry? And approximately 20 other officers. What? Yep. It's like a 30 dude, like good cop. 28 bad cops? Like, what the yep. hell's going yep. on here? 27 people were involved in this interrogation. So, eventually, they are trying to... They, they come to another conclusion. And they're now trying to discern if she's a prostitute. Again! A more logical explanation than the other one. That one also isn't yielding any answers. Uh, because, since they're... English, excessively English, they keep using euphemisms and phrases for prostitution. Oh, dear Lord. And oh, she, I'm just imagining a lot of Cockney rhyming slang related to bopping in the... In the oh, yeah, with the crumpet. And she doesn't, and she doesn't under, understand any of them. They're all going over <laughs> her head. And so they're trying to ask, are you a prostitute? And she doesn't understand what the question is. But they is. can't say that out loud because it wouldn't be very British of them. <laughs> exactly. They would have to turn in their mustache. So <laughs> so, uh, from, from Third Army headquarters, she was taken to Saint-Omer and further interrogated. And the army was embarrassed, frankly, by this point. That they she should had, be! That she had breached security and was fearful of more women and taking on male roles during the war if her story got out. They were like, oh, God, if Why? everyone hears about this, we're going to get more women volunteers. We're going to get more people to throw into this. Uh, again, this has to be like 1914, because if this happens in 1916, they'd have been like, fantastic. Do you have any friends? We need we need them. That's the insane part is this is 1916. 
God damn it. God damn it. We are years into the war. I, too many people have died. You'd think we would be on board with more volunteers for the meat grinder. But. No, you, you absolutely would. But on the orders, that's what the Eastern, I guess that's what the Eastern Front is for. When you have twelve, when you have twenty million Russians, you can throw in there. Yeah, you can save, you can save the nice British ladies. But on the orders of a suspicious judge, uh, fearing that she could release sensitive intelligence, uh, he ordered that she remain in France until the Battle of Lou. So she's a shitty. This is this is the the Lady Geraldo Rivera when he was drawing battle plans in the sand on CNN. This is this is that. <laughs> He's worried that she's going to pull a Geraldo. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm imagining Geraldo Rivera dressed up like a lady to, to get himself <laughs> into that imaginary thing, and it's it's very funny to me. It's, it's Listen, I would watch it. I, I, I'm watching it in my head right now. It's very funny. Held within the convent de Bonpasteur, uh, she was also made to swear not to write about her experiences ever and signed an affidavit to that effect. Or I'm be sure sent she'll to jail. follow that. <laughs> or she'd be sent to jail. Oh, yes, okay. the woman the woman who was told no approximately 12 times and still went to the front lines, I'm sure yeah. she's going to abide by that. Yeah, no, the affidavit will definitely hold the lady that threw herself onto the front lines of the, fuck, of the worst war in human history. For fun. Just for fun. <laughs> just because she wanted to. Sent back to London, she traveled across the English Channel on the same ferry as Emmeline Pankhurst, who asked her to speak at a suffragette meeting. I'm 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 kind of shocked at this point that you said ferry because I, I based on the other modes of transportation you might as well have said travel to the English Channel on like a dolphin condor. That was the, I I mean at this point giant eagle. Once in London, she tried to write about her experiences for the Wide World magazine, a London-based illustrated monthly, uh, but had to had <laughs> Wait, a to picture she, a picture book. What the fuck? Well, yeah, she had fun illustrations of what it was like. She had a sketchbook. <laughs> A lot of political cartoons, I'm imagining. But had to scrap her first book on the instructions of the War Office, which invoked the 1914 Defense on the Realm Act to silence her. <laughs> Why does everything in England sound like they're desperately trying to make it Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> Defense of the Realm. Defense of the Realm. Yeah. I cast Defense of the Realm. Yeah, you have disadvantage for two turns. Why am I saying that like a nerd voice? I say that. I would say that out loud in my regular voice. Mm, she's not submitting to the interrogation. Send in the abjuration wizard. See, we say it like that, but we both play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, we, I, mean, we, I don't know why we're, we're being derogatory towards so I can I can insult myself. It's a silly hobby. I get it. I, just, I don't sound like that. I sound like this. Now, in case anybody wants to tell you that women are not and have not been oppressed in first world countries, buckle your pilgrim hats because it's about to get disgustingly sad and pertinent even a uh, hundred years after the fact. Oh, uh, fun. Good, because this has been so fun up to this point. I it's been for, a fun genre. It sad. If you're having a good day, just stop listening. That would turn be it off. This was a fun. This was a fun and exciting time. We like to thank Driftless Pony Club and uh, bye. Uh, listen to Bun listen to Blunderphonics. Check out Mark's Madness. All Mark's right, Madness is next door. All right, for stop those of you here. that want to hate yourself, abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Um, in 1919, she moved to Cannonbury, Islington, Islington. Sh sure, it doesn't matter. And it published really an account of her experiences. Uh, called Sapper Dorothy Lawrence, the only English woman soldier. <laughs> I mean, that's pretentious of you, but fine. Al although well-received in England, America, and Australia, it was heavily censored by the War Office, 
and with a world wishing to move forward, it did not become the commercial success that she wanted it to be. And with no income and no credibility as a journalist, thanks to the War Office, by 1925, her increasingly quote-unquote erratic behavior was brought to the attention of the authorities. But well, now, now I'm going to need you to describe what uh, be, what erratic behavior means she, back then, because she, as far as I'm concerned, that may mean that she's just like sad one time. She keeps wanting to tell the story that the uh, government don't want her to tell. I I mean, in their defense, it's a very bad story. It makes them look bad. Yeah, it makes them look bad. I don't know if it makes them look bad. It might make Stinky Pete, the prospector with the wet mattress, look bad. <laughs> it was brought to the attention of the authorities, and after confiding to a doctor, which she was forced to see, that she had been molested by the church guardian that raised her, um, mm, that I, alone... I really thought you were going to say molested by Stinky Pete, the soggy mattress man, because that would make more goddamn sense. He was a good man, Nathan. He was a good man with a soggy mattress. After confiding that, this is fact that one of the her, euphemisms for is that one of the euphemisms for prostitution they used? A good man with a soggy mattress. <laughs> that was one you of gave, them. You gave him the old soggy mattress, yeah? yeah? That was one of them. And when she testified that she she stayed on a soggy mattress, that's what got him so confused. So, uh, yeah, after confiding this fact about her childhood, that is just apparently a, uh, a shoehorn, fucking like snap case for crazy brains because they threw her in a mental hospital. And uh, yeah. diagnosed her clinically insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, she was she was committed to the first London County Mental Hospital at Hanwell in March 25th. It was act it was specifically because she said she was molested, but also she didn't have any family to take care of her. So they were like, "Well, there's clearly nothing left we can do. Send her to the hospital. Don't just let her go free and live with her trauma. Send her to the hospital." She was later institutionalized at the uh, Colney Hatch Lunatic Asylum. In mm. Freer and Barnett, North good, London. Good name. Good name. Yeah. Um, she died at what was uh, then known as Freer and Hospital in 1964. So she had a good 40 years. The 60s. That's bizarre. Uh-huh. God yep. damn. Damn. She was, damn, she, damn. Was, she was buried in a pauper's grave in New Southgate Cemetery, and yep. we don't know where she is today. We don't know where she's buried anymore. Because she was put in a poor person's grave. That's fun and exciting. Now, in... I... So what... mm, mm, So she's famous for not reporting on a thing and dressing up like a guy during war. She wanted to be a military reporter. She got shut out at every corner. Had a rough life before and after the fact. And she was uh, literally diagnosed as insane and died for it. Less excited. That's less fun than normal. That's uh. She is, however, the only known English woman to serve in World War One. Did she serve though? Well, because as far as I can tell, she just played dress up and then went home to sleep on the soggy mattress. Now, I don't remember any garroting of the Krauts down in the trenches. Listen, we've established you and I would not have made it twenty minutes. We would not have. We wouldn't gotten past the ten khaki accomplices. I, I mean, at this point, I mean, at this point, I might have, they're at the cafe. It sounds like a pretty chill time. Apparently, they're just overhyping World War One. Suck it up, old people. That all being said, this is the Cock and Bull Podcast, a weekly comedy and history podcast. Not quite so funny towards the end on this one, but... Nope, 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 nope. Uh, Skip the last four minutes if you want the funny. 
but 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 um and i know this is a short one uh i've got some longer content in the hopper uh i we've just got i've got some stuff going on right now gotta get some episodes I, out i mean I, I mean we say that it's 30 minutes this is a pretty standard episode for us. is it has it really been 30 minutes it's been 27 minutes and 55 seconds according to my little time tracker that we use here i fucking take it back be thankful for what you're getting <laughs> <laughs> you whiny ingrates leave a five-star <laughs> review <laughs> Oh, you can catch us every Wednesday. We want to thank Drupal's Pony Club for allowing us to use their song There Were Buffalo on the Ark off the album Cholera. Stream it wherever you would like. Uh, pay for it if you feel like being a good person. Rate and review us on iTunes. That really helps us out. Uh, we haven't yeah. gotten too many of those lately, uh, but that's, I mean, that's the biggest like jumpstart kick we can get from you guys. Yes. Uh, short of you sending me 50 bucks. I, I will, also, <laughs> I will link also. my PayPal. I will, I will take cash, yes. Uh, Nathan, you got some plugs? Uh, Marks. Yep. Go next door. Marks Madness. It's it's the other one I do. There's it's here. You know where to find it. We're we're doing stuff over there. And you can check out Blunderphonics for me. It's uh, it's it's very much like this. Crazy stories from music, modern music history. Talk about some albums that had some wild productions. Uh, in case you're into these albums, here are some that we've covered already. Uh, Mars Volta's Bedlam and Goliath. You're welcome. Uh, Loveless by My Bloody Valentine. And Smiley Smile by the Beach Boys. That's just funny. It's some good stuff. It's funny all around. It's a very fun podcast. That's all right. A silly, silly name. All right. You can, again, that is Blunderphonics. I don't really want to tell you how it's spelled. I'm throwing you to the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you, ne- catch you next week. Deal with it, peasants. Bye. I'm not